Hey everyone, David here. I want to tell you about my music podcast, On Rotation. It's engaging, interactive, and insightful. Music mm-hmm. entwines with everything. It's something that always rings true to me. So when I need something to kind of root me, I can always go back to music in a sense, you know? Yeah. Join me each episode as we rotate through a number of topics and hear why it's the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Listen to On Rotation wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think it's possible to overstate the extent to which the music one listens to actually has an effect on the music you write. You could take some portions of the song and be like, hey, this could remind me of this certain situation or this situation. That's when an artist can stay true to themselves with being honest with their lyrics. I feel like that's my favorite part of songwriting is being able to look back and really understand how I was feeling and you know what my perspective was on different events in my life. Hey everybody, what's up? What's happening? You're listening to On Rotation, the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is David. I'll be your host and lovely guide. Horse Betts is an artist from Western Massachusetts who spends most of his time waiting tables at a local Chinese restaurant to support his two-year-old daughter. The 24-year-old has earned praise from the likes of Complex, Billboard, and MTV, and he's back with a brand new EP that he says manifested itself. We'll talk to Porsche about the process behind that project before speaking with another Western Mass artist, Tasia New, who submitted one of her singles for a Grammy nomination for the first time this year. While she didn't get the nom, New is still looking to put her native Springfield on the music map. Porsche Betts is on the podcast. Porsche, you have the third EP dropping now. It's out for everyone to listen to. How does it feel, dude? It's your third EP, like I mentioned. It feels good. This project's a little longer than my other ones, and I think it's good and bad. You know, people's attention span nowadays seems a little short, but then I was like, I don't really care. Like, I want to, like, put out something that is more of a full, like, statement and something like Mm. that, and I just think this is my best one yet, so as long as I keep getting better, I think we're on a good track. It's so funny you mentioned that short attention span, dude, because like as I was listening to this EP, I literally wrote down like all these songs are like kind of short, like not a lot of them are like even two, three minutes long. Yeah, you're right. Like when you listen to the whole and it's 15 tracks in total, like when you listen to the whole project, like it does take up a good chunk of time. Like that was your intention. Like you said, you wanted something a little bit more lengthy. Yeah, I mean, it's like 30 minutes almost exactly. And I just wanted, you know, if you really want to come with me on this, like, journey of my career or whatever i just want you to be able to sit down for 30 minutes with me and like you know listen to it at least once the first listen and then you can like pick songs you like pick songs you don't like there's also like skits and interludes included that like you know kind of take up time and stuff like that but yeah i just wanted something with a little more intention and like not caring about what the state of the world is and just like what i want to do yeah for sure speaking of those skits too like you have three of them in there 
And was it intentional to kind of like divide the tracks with these skits? Because from listening to some of them, it sounds like you kind of go through phases in a way. Like, is that all like with your storytelling? Yeah, it's like it's crazy because this is a demo tape. So going back to the point that all the songs are like kind of short or like even unfinished, whatever. A lot of these songs aren't like fully fleshed out. Most of them I made in like one day and I just Mm. haven't like gone back to. But I kind of wanted to like just show the seed of an idea and like the rawness of it and that's just what it is sometimes but the skits no those kind of came together randomly because they're just a bunch of different sound bites and stuff from over the last like two or three years that i've just captured on my phone either through a video or like literally like recording someone and them not knowing or whatever yeah yeah but it all didn't come together until i literally sat down with all of the songs and skits and i was like all right how does this make sense and then at the end it came to like tell a story of like a relationship and like you know the starting phases when it's all sweet and bubbly all the way down to like the end when it's sad and bitter <laughs> any personal but then, it, any personal connection to that yeah uh yeah i would say so but like we all got personal connections to relationships <laughs> i feel like we're, we're grown people but yeah it's just kind of like details this one relationship that i was just in and it's not like per se, about the person, like, all the songs, because some of the songs that I wrote when I wasn't even with her or before her or after her, whatever the case may be, but they kind of all connected to tell this cool story of, like, from the first song, it's called Give It a Chance, to the last song called Find Myself Again. It's like, you know, it's the, we all go through that. It's like, you find someone or you meet someone you like, and you kind of get involved, and you go through the phases, and there's peaks and lows, and mm. at the end, you come out of it, if you come out of it single or whatever the case again, you kind of have to find yourself again and regroup and, you know, because we're in a relationship, at least for me, it kind of changes my whole way of life if I'm like mm-hmm. in a serious relationship. And you kind of have to get back to having your own way of life and your own, you know, I don't know. I don't mean to ramble, but it's just it's a complicated <laughs> thing. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of people get that. Like we've all been through that relationship shit where it's like you lose yourself to find yourself to lose yourself again. Like it's a whole mm-hmm. it's a whole web that you get stuck in. And I yeah. mean, like. Some of those deeper cuts, like, too, if you don't mind talking about it, like, late July, I was like, damn, like, this is, like, this shit is deep. Like, where do you even, and then, like, the one right after, like, 364, like, mm-hmm. you know, you had a really good line in there about liking you for the feel-good chemicals. Like, I just thought that was really well said. Like, could you elaborate a little bit more about, like, the inspo behind those? Uh, Late July, it's literally, like, facts. Like, I don't want to get too into it just to save this person's, like, you know, well-being, even though I'm not famous or whatever. But just me and uh, my daughter's mom and the time when we found out we were about to have a kid and it was July and it's just, it was a rocky time and just, like, the feelings around that. And I wrote that song a little bit after we found out and months down the line, but it was just reflecting on that and saying, like, yo, even though it's, like, a happy time, a warm time like in both sense of the word like it being summer but also like you know about to bring a new life into the world and blah blah, blah. it's still kind of a sad and rocky time because we were not the best on the same accord or like you know just going mm-hmm. through the motions and then 364 I actually wrote about my friend and his girlfriend because he was telling me that like him and his girl they broke up a day before their anniversary which is 364 days later and i was just oh like oh God. that's just a cool thing so i just wrote that in my notes at one point i wrote the word 364 and then when I got to the studio a couple of weeks, months later, I just kind of like spun that out into the song. Oh, that's wild, dude. Where do you record, yeah. by the way? Like, are you in mass too or like kind of all over the place? All over the place. That's why it's, I even like call it a demo tape too, because like I don't have like a steady producer or a steady studio. I'm just kind of like 
doing it where I can at the moment. And like, mm-hmm. I want to take it as seriously as I can, but I also have just like different life responsibilities. And I just try to like put different priorities first. And like music's happened to take a little step back for the last year or so, just because I've been dealing with other like real life things. Like, cause mm-hmm. music is real life, but like, if I had to stop making music tomorrow, I'd be very crushed and upset. But also, mm-hmm. I get to live a beautiful, happy life regardless. So, right, just like it gives and takes. But I record a lot in LA with some homies out there. I have a little home studio that I do like little ideas on. I've recorded in New York, but yeah, just kind of all over. Wherever I can get a place to record, I'm there. Yeah, and I assume those things that like have put music a little bit on the back burner is mostly providing for your family, right? Like your daughter's like she just turned like two, from what I understand, right? Yeah, she's a little under two. She's like a year and a half right now. Okay. But yeah, just putting that because like besides like providing for her, like just being there with her and like being a musician and being on the road or going to different studio sessions, being up late at night, being across the country is just not like how I want to be present in her life right now. Mm. And just because like I, maybe my own traumas with my own dad and stuff like that, I just wanted to be around for her more. And like obviously there'll be times where I have to get up and go or be away for a while but at least in the beginning i wanted to show her like yo your dad's here for you and he cares about you more than anything else and i'm just trying to make it work out yeah yeah yeah. no for sure dude like it's tough like balancing all that like you said you want to pursue what you want to dream or the things that you dream about but like you have responsibilities at the same time so yeah and i guess i could i could be selfish and some people say i should be and like just like go do what i gotta do and like she won't remember because she's a little kid but it just i don't know man it just I feel too much of her. I feel too much for a lot of people. I feel like that's why I even make music in the first place because I just feel everything around me, like a lot of people in my life, people I love, people I hate. Mm. It's just, it's a lot. And music became a way to like express myself. I honestly didn't make music until when I was 18, I started making music. So I didn't have any inkling to make music my whole like childhood. I kind of not disliked it, but I wasn't a fan of like theater or like anything like that. I was more of a sports kid. And then when I found out it was a way to like, say what I wanted to say without having to have conversations with people I'm like oh this is cool yeah could you talk a little bit let's actually go back and talk about like your journey with music like from what I understand like you grew up in New York like you said Mm -hmm. and then you went to school but then you dropped out to go pursue music in LA right yeah I grew up in New York I was born in like the Lower East Side then I moved to Harlem when I was like three or four because my mom and dad had you know said deuces and to each other not to me <laughs> and then uh it was me and my mom for a while my grandma and then my mom found this opportunity for me to go to boarding school in massachusetts so then i came up here and i did that and i was in middle school and then i went to another like boarding school type of program in massachusetts and that's how i landed in amherst after that i like was a pretty like decent kid in school like i would say i'm a b plus kind of guy like i could get the a i just hate school and the system like it's all not really the best i think but <laughs> Anyway, so then I tried to go to college for like two months. I went to this liberal arts, liberal arts college up in like the northern hills in Massachusetts. It was like so boring, middle of nowhere, like mad dead. No offense, but just like a lot of white people. <laughs> it's just, you know, I thought I was going to be on like some like find myself journey out there. But I was just like, I am really just sick and tired of this. So then I left school and I just was working a bunch. And that's when I started making music was when I left school. And then after like a year of that, I was like, you know, if I really want to do this seriously, I should probably, like, go where there's, like, serious musicians. And so I was like, I'm just going to go out and try it. I had, like, a couple homies out there from Mass who were really gracious and let me, like, sleep on their couch. And I got to just go around and meet different people and producers and other artists and started making my own music. And 
getting my name out there a little bit and then yeah it's just kind of been like a snowball effect from there mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i mean and like i said like you put out a couple other projects before this when i was reading about youtube like your song peanut butter which was 2021 i want to say 22 yeah 2021 yeah. that song is your most streamed song it's got over 2 million streams on spotify alone and like a lot of buzz around that song so could you tell me a little bit like how that song has kind of changed your career and changed like your trajectory shit i wish i could but <laughs> obviously i'm I'm, st I'm still right here working at a chinese restaurant but no nah, it's it's crazy that song just kind of came together on a whim i literally saw a jar of peanut butter in the studio and that's why i mumbled out the word peanut butter and then we kind of like spun it into something else from there but it definitely gave me my first glimpse of like oh shit this could be a real thing like i could be a real artist like people might be taking me a little bit serious so that was cool and yeah just opened up the doors to a lot more opportunities in the last couple of years and just putting me more in that light of like oh this guy could you know be something but that's about it with that song i honestly i don't know how i feel towards it. it's like my most successful song i guess so far but it's not my favorite just because i just feel very like looking in hindsight i feel very like cringe about it because i'm like oh you were such a like child and you didn't know anything about anything but it's also nice it's very innocent and yeah it's just cool to like be able to track my like personal life journey through like music you know but yeah peanut butter is cool yeah no for sure i was gonna say like a lot of the stuff you put out now like it feels a lot more like personable like based off maybe some of the stuff you've been through like you know recently or with family or things like that like you know one song i'm thinking mm -hmm. of that you actually put out last year my demise like really stands out to me so do you feel like you're in a different mm -hmm. place like you said from when you put out peanut butter that your stuff is a little bit more like of substance for lack of better words i guess no definitely for sure and like the thing is when i made peanut butter and all those first like two eps i was just learning how to like sing learning how to write learning how to song structure like learning all these things but you know usually people learn that stuff and then they like trying to like hone in their craft before they put something out into the world i'm a very impatient kind of dude so i was like i made some songs let's put them out it's a good and bad thing like i got some success off it and some little bit of like clout if you want to say that but I realized in hindsight, like, there's not much substance, but it's always been my plan, kind of, is to, like, slowly give more of myself to people because well, this is an interview, so it's a different situation, but, like, if I were to just walk in a room and see you, I'm not telling you much about me, mm -hmm. probably for the first couple times we hang out, just because, like, I'm a shy and kind of reserved person, but as soon as we get to, like, know each other and, like, open up more, like, I'm, you know, whatever you want to ask me, I'm ready to tell you. But that's just kind of how I approach music, too. And it's like every project, every song is just getting a little deeper into me and like myself and like real shit. And like because it's a very scary thing to do, too, because you think about it, I put a song out into the world. I could confess my like deepest, darkest secrets and fears and then go see someone at the grocery store. And they're looking at me like, yo, I know so much about you. Yeah. And that's just a scary shit to like have to like think could happen and realize. So I'm just like slowly warming up to the idea of that. But now I'm like slowly not caring because I'm getting older. And I'm just like, all of my favorite artists are very personable and like we know a lot about them and sh they share their honest truths. I just want to be more like them, like mm -hmm. Kanye West, for example, Frank Ocean, and Drake, these people. That's why we love them because we can like see ourselves in them and like realize that they're humans too. And I just want people to see like I'm a human too. Like I'm nowhere near anything else besides human. I fuck up every day. I was going to say, does it get easier for you? Like that opening up factor as you make more music? it's gotten easier I don't like it's not like a manual thing where I like am realizing it's getting easier but I just like open my mouth and I'm like the first thing I say is more 
honest and I would say before, because I'm not just trying to like pull together cool things or just put together words that rhyme. I'm trying to just really express myself because like I don't go to therapy. I probably should. But like this is my therapy. So like I'm able to get it out this way. Dude, the amount of times people have told me the same thing. And I'm like, no, I got music. I have, you know, playlists. Mm-hmm. That's my therapy. I have, I have a car. I could drive. That's my therapy, you know? I push everyone to try to go out. Like, once I get some healthcare set up and all that, I will <laughs> definitely be in, in there myself. But for now, I'm just going to be making music. Hey, it's not the worst thing, you know? You could just be, like, keeping it all inside still. So you have an outlet, at least, which is good. Exactly. And it's also, <laughs> like, the more I talk to my friends and just my peers and stuff like that, it helps me with the music too because like I'm being more honest with my friends. I'm like, yo, like someone's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm honestly not that great right now. Because mm-hmm. when people ask you how you're doing, you're usually like fine or whatever. But when you really like express how you're feeling, it's just like a heavy weight just lifted off your shoulders. Mm, yeah, for sure. So I also want to ask you about this, this EP, Porch Bets Demo Tape. A lot of the songs you've had out for at least like a year, I want to say, like, was that intentional to kind of, you know, have these songs that have been out that you think people would want to listen to again, or you think it's gonna, you know, what was the intention behind it, essentially? I'm be real with you, like, the first song I dropped from it was My Demise, I guess that's like the lead single, if you want to call it that, but I didn't have any intention of putting out a whole project of Mm. demos and stuff. Like, My Demise was something I felt like was good. I actually hated it at first before I decided to put it out. I was like, oh, this is cool, and then I saw people to react, like, people reacting to it, and I was like, wow, like, this song is not polished at all compared to, like, Peanut Butter and all those other things. Maybe this is like the right way to go. So now I put out 364 and then I just kept putting out one song like every month or every other month. And then I was like, wait, I kind of have a project here. So then I stepped back for a little bit over the summer and put together the project and made a little plan. And then here we are. Yeah. So it just kind of happened, it seems. Yeah. Just the project kind of manifested itself as it went on. And I was like, oh, this could be like a demo tape or like, oh, we could add some skits to it. Or, oh, the track list should be like this. This should be the cover. Or, and it's just... It wasn't thought out, but it also was very, like, organic, and it was fun. Yeah, I was going to ask kind of a follow-up to that. Do you think it's better that way, like, when music just kind of happens organically? Because I feel like when you try to force it, and based off conversations I've seen and heard with other artists, is like, the best art always comes from when you're just, like, you know, hanging with your friends, essentially. Yeah, that that's like two different things I feel like so like the music is always fun to make one and it's like better when it's organic and just hanging with friends and natural but like when you go to like plan it and market it and properly put it out I feel like you should take a step back and really try to do that and that's what I want to do going forward like even my first two EPs those are all like they were more like all right this is a project we're gonna put it out but it was still everything was very chaotic to the last minute and like it's a very stressful thing to deal with and I think if I just took some more proper steps beforehand and planned it out it'd come out a lot better Mm-hmm. but still with the creation process being very free but like the finishing and releasing process being a little more rigid and like planned out yeah if anything like the promotion of it like once it's out it's like now you have to keep pushing it through like you know social or doing shows like do you plan on like doing any like gigs or anything like that i want to i don't have any plans as of like right this moment besides i have a halloween party i'm gonna throw on friday for like my friends or whoever wants to come and that's kind of like to celebrate the release of the project i'm not even going to play the music there probably it's like no what like i don't know i always have a weird thing about playing my music for my friends like to force them to listen to it you know what i'm saying like we all want to listen to drake let's not lie we don't want to listen to <laughs> me I and mean, like i don't make it for i make it for everyone else but no plans yet but i want to do some live stuff hopefully next year and just get that going because i've only done two live shows ever 
which is kind of sad to say like how are you an artist but you're not really performing live but also like covid was a thing and yeah life was a thing so i don't like get too hard on myself about it yeah no for sure well i'm curious to know too like a little bit more about your connections to mass like i understand that you wait tables like you mentioned yeah. earlier like so how does that even correlate with you know making music like do you, your customers know like you said you're a little you're a little shy about it so like do your coworkers yeah. even know like what's the deal when I first pulled up, no one knew besides like my friend who got me the job and she knew obviously because we're friends, but like I didn't tell anybody. I was just quiet, mind my business, do what I had to do. Then eventually I would slowly open up and people would see me like making TikToks around the restaurant and like <laughs> trying to like promote it. And like, I, it's funny that you mentioned that my demise, the photo for the single, the like mm-hmm. cover art, I shot that in the bathroom at work after a I shift one day. <laughs> and like, I like bloodied up my face with like some red food dye and then just went in the bathroom and my friend took the picture on a Polaroid of me in the mirror. But yeah, it's, I'm pretty low key about it. Like I'm pretty sure 99.9% of the customers don't know I make music. They don't even know my name, to be honest. I walk up to the table. I'm just like, what would you like? (laughs) I'm not, not in a mean way. I'm just like socially awkward sometimes. And it's just like, I don't know. I know you don't really want to talk to me. You just want to get some food. I'm going to give you the food (laughs) and make sure you have a good time. But yeah, it's a weird duality because also like, I know sometimes cool things will happen and I'm at work or like I have to go to work the next day and it just feels like I'm living like a Hannah Montana kind of lifestyle where it's like I'm this person over here and I'm this person over here and then even like in family life I'm like Nick to my mom and grandma I'm just the same person like they know I make music but they don't know how seriously I'm trying to do it or how serious things could get and even my daughter I'm just Dada like I don't know she don't care about nothing like that so I was just dealing with all these different like perspectives and i've just been slowly trying to blend them all into one because like it's a lot to try to like wear different hats it's like just wear that one hat and your hat has many patches on it but like you don't have to keep switching hats because like that's taxing on your mental health and like i just want to be a person i don't want to be like these different things yeah and kind of going to a point you made earlier is like you know people have said you could sacrifice you know family or sacrifice music or put one before the other and it's like Mm -hmm. I think we as humans, we just want to do it all because it's like, why, why not live life to the fullest? I'm definitely like one of those people who just wants to do it all, all the time, try to do everything. Like people say, like, I try to like fit so much into my day. I'm like, I probably only do this and that, but at least I try to like do everything. But yeah, sometimes it's also good to like slow down and like tackle one thing at a time because like you can't put your energy, like all your energy into something if you're spreading it across the table so many ways. Mm hmm. So just getting better with time management and all that stuff is definitely crucial. Oh, I was going to say about the demo tape. It's funny. People don't know that this, I guess, like, exclusive intel. But two, like, labels had come and approached me in the making of it or, like, as I've been putting out, like, singles and stuff. And, like, this is supposed to come out in the summertime. And I mm-hmm. kind of delayed it because I was talking with these labels and blah, 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 all this stuff. But I ended up not signing with anyone. So here I am putting it out by myself, like the original plan was. And yeah, it's just been kind of a tumultuous rollout plan and whatever, but it's cool. Yeah. That's, that's a little background about that. And like, I'm not the best with keeping up with social medias. And I try to post on TikTok. My manager like screams at me, but it's just hard, bro. Like, I'm not, like, I know I'm a kid. Like, I'm only 24. I just turned 24 a couple of days ago, but I'm not really with the internet stuff. Like, I'm not good at I think things are funny on the internet, and I, like, I really appreciate the internet, but I still don't know how to, like, work it and maneuver it because I grew up with old heads. Like, my mom is 60-something. Like, she wasn't even really on the internet. She still isn't. Like, I don't really – I'm still figuring it out. Like, getting on the Zoom was hard for me. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, it's not for yeah. everybody. But that's wild. You were approached by two labels. Like, and I mean, like, I think the idea and like how artists view labels in the music industry today is so different than what it used to be. Like, you have like major artists like, you know, like a Mariah or an Usher that are like more independent or Sierra. Like, there are so many artists now, like, that have gone that route and like even done their own thing like develop their own record label like is that something that you would ever want to do or would you just want to like stay independent oh i definitely like want to get with a label just because like the things i just expressed before like i know what i'm good at and that involves making music and making creative decisions whether it's about like cover arts and videos and stuff like that but i'm not a marketing genius i have some ideas and stuff like that but I would love for someone to come in and help me put the pieces together and the right person and all that. So I'm definitely not anti-label, but I'm just like pro do whatever makes sense for you. And at the time and just what the deals were and situations it didn't make sense for me to go with a label, but I have my own label kind of like I call it a label. It's not an official thing or anything, but it's called Serial Day. And that's like what I put my music out through. And Serial Day is basically just the notion of like trying to stay young and like, keep that like inner child alive and like feeding it with whether that's making music or making clothes or just any type of medium you can keep that inner child alive and like staying in touch with that that's what cereal day is about and because like I feel like cereal is a very nostalgic thing and like I just remember eating cereal like Saturday mornings or even like late at night and playing video games or watching tv and just like keeping that like youthful expression and creativity alive and that's my label is that something you try to do across the board with your music like keeping that youth kind of evidence or essence there i definitely think so because some of my music i'm like wow this sounds like a 15 year old could have made it just because like maybe also the way my voice sounds a little bit like i don't know if i ever even hit puberty but yeah i just try to like keep it fun and stuff like that and like also i'm slowly like not keeping it fun because life hasn't always been fun for the last couple years Mm -hmm. and like in my next project that i'm planning for next year it's definitely a little bit of a tone change and just like I know a little sadder, a little more serious, but still like, yeah, keeping it fun and youthful because like, I feel like that's the key to one, being happy and two, being successful is just staying in touch with that inner child in you. And like, it's, it's been cool to see my daughter like grow up and learn and discover things and explore because it helps me out. Like I was looking at her sweater yesterday. I was like, wow, that sweater is just like amazing. Like I want to wear that. And I was like, I don't know. I think little kids clothes are so cool and like simple, but also colorful and like they're cozy. Like I care about being comfortable and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I even went from there, but that, <laughs> that's all right. We that's got it. we got yeah. you. We know what you're saying. You're saying you know what I'm you, saying. Yeah, you know what you're saying. We're just trying to keep that child energy alive because, you know, an old can be scary. Exactly. Getting old can be scary. And like also you don't have to get old like some of the greatest people I know in my life are like 45 year olds, but like their energy and their essence is still of a 21 year old. And that doesn't mean avoiding your responsibilities and not doing what you got to do, but it's like, you don't got to be so serious. And also you don't have to be so stuck in your ways and like just being open to change. And yeah. Yeah. I feel like my, my take on love and like relationships is very, it's from the point of a very youthful person because I'm just open for it. Like a lot of people are scared to be like, Oh, that's my girlfriend. It's like put titles on things. I'm like, Bro, let that be your girlfriend. If it doesn't work out, break up and it's your ex now. It's all good, whatever. But it's like, we can't be scared to fall into things because you'll end up living a life where you're just timid because you're scared of like loss or you're scared of what if it doesn't work out. But also that can be a little bit of a 
hump in the road too because you can be so naive and be like well like actually love doesn't work this way and like you know mm-hmm. stuff like that so it's just like a, a learning process but i definitely trying to keep the young youngness alive yeah no i respect that well um Porsche, thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it i feel like we covered a lot of ground look you had like a therapy sesh here which i love like <laughs> low-key low sorry bro i just oh uh, no don't be sorry i love it this i love when this shit happens it makes me mm-hmm. it makes me enjoy this more and it makes the episode i think more worth listening so before we hop off, like, why don't you let people know? I know you're not the greatest at social or plugging yourself, but you got to tell people at yeah. least where they can find the EP that's out and oh, where they can find you on social. I could definitely do that. Uh, you can find me at Porsche Bets, P-O-R-S-H-B-E-T-S on all social media. And you can also find me at PorscheBets.com. That's my website. I keep it updated with things going on. And you can find Porsche Bets demo tape out everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Tidal, your mom's house, like everywhere. <laughs> Not into a derogatory way, but I think like my music can also like, you know, it's it's something that everyone can listen to. It's not like only for young kids. It's not for old people, definitely. But it's like you know, everyone can identify and relate to the themes. I'm just talking about real life. Like I, I drive a Jeep. I live in a one bedroom apartment. I'm not like crazy rich. I don't try to act like it. I just talk about things that happen to me, and I think happen to everybody else too. And try to just be normal. Yeah, for sure. Well, dude, thank you so much again for hopping on. I really appreciate it. No problem, bro. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for letting me vent to you. I'll Venmo you 50 bucks for the therapy sessions. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. Well, Tasia New is on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. How you doing? Thank you. I am... I'm doing just as about just about as good as it can get with like a crazy life right now (laughs) we'll take it we'll take it i mean like you have had a lot going on so we've actually for our listeners we've spoken a little bit before i wrote about you for my other job over your allure your songs the first time you submitted a song for a grammy nom so how did it feel to finally put that together um like it was kind of crazy because I, i don't know it's just always something that you aspire to do and then one day it happens and it, I honestly, it was just a crazy couple of months, you know, mm-hmm. especially since the selection of the song came from, you know, my music firm. And then after that, it was just like, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. I really didn't have much time to think about it, actually. Yeah. Well, you told me, too, it was an interesting process of how they chose your label choosing the song over your mm-hmm. lore. You said they put a focus group together. Yeah. They put a focus group together. So, of course, I have no idea who these people were. (laughs) And they listened to a good amount of my songs um, Mm. and a lot of unreleased material. And they picked which one should be the one to release, push, campaign for. And so they picked Over Your Lore. I was stunned, honestly, because I just Mm. didn't. You know, there's just so many songs that you write and you create and you think those are the ones in your brain as a creator. Yeah. But then it becomes something else when other people listen to it. They hear something completely different. And Over Your Allure was kind of like that from the very beginning. Like even mm-hmm. when I started showing people some of my unreleased work, some other artists that, you know, I kind of show my stuff to, they were 
like the focus group with OVR Allure. So I guess I was the only one that <laughs> didn't really understand what it was from the beginning. Interesting. Well, if you had to choose, do you have a song that you would have rather like submitted? Because this is also new, I don't know if I have, uh, I would have had a preference. Mm-hmm. Just because I have no idea what that process is like and what people generally look for. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. don't think I would have had a preference um, as far as my next single to release. Mm-hmm. I had some singles in mind that I probably would have released before Over Your Allure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's all for the better anyway. <laughs> they were right. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your career in music? Because it's fairly young, I would say. Like, you only really started putting music out a couple years ago. So it was back in 2013 that I actually started pursuing music actively. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I would go down to open mics a lot. I mean, I started writing in college. Mm-hmm. So I heard Nicki Minaj and that was like something completely different for me. It was a different experience with female hip hop. I had always experienced female like rap, hip hop incorporated in R&B music. Like mm-hmm. that's the way that I consumed it because I was an R&B lover first. Mm-hmm. So when Nicki came out, it was just something completely different her approach the way that she you know got on a song created songs it was something that I was like oh you can do that you know you can sing and you can rap you can you know put these like catchy verses together and you can change it up and so I said hmm I think I want to start writing so I started writing when I was in college so I was up at UMass Amherst Mm -hmm. started writing and then I presented it at an open mic back in 2013. So ever since then, it's kind of been just word of mouth that has been making my brand and me as an artist be able to do other things like tour internationally. We did, you know, tour in Canada, Mm -hmm. um, had a couple of stops up there and releasing my music. I mean, I, I started releasing a little bit after that. I would say, I think it was like 2017. Um, but I have been working on building myself up to there since then. So it's been about yeah. 10 years. Do you think that was critical for you to like kind of take that time and focus on writing and open mics and things like that before finally putting out a single, like you said, because that's like a solid four years, you know? Right. I I certainly think so. Just because um, there was a lot of growth there. Mm-hmm. that I don't think I would have gotten had I just started releasing music right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a different time in music where you could you could do that. Yeah. Now it's there's a lot of social media. And as soon as you make something, you're pushing it out. It, it wasn't really like that at that time. So I had the time to take to kind of sharpen and get better you know and especially with live performance which is like my favorite thing (laughs) i love live performance with live performance open mics definitely helped me in that arena for sure Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for that there's just i don't think i would be as polished as i am now yeah and from our conversation we had before too you mentioned how springfield audiences were just so good at giving you like feedback on your performances and your songwriting like can you talk a little bit more about that yeah, so Springfield, we're very tough. We're not easy. I mean, you know, there's there's that saying, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Springfield's kind of like that. <laughs> we are really tough critics. We do not easily just give somebody credit. 
And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It does not matter how big of an artist you are. We don't give you that off the bat. Mm. So a lot of the times I would be performing and I'd <laughs> the whole time up there breaking a sweat <laughs> and people would just be stone faced. They would not smile. They don't give you any type of energy that you can feed off of. Mm. So you, when you're up there, you better be doing whatever it is that you need to be doing because mm. they're not going to let you know one way or another while you're on stage. It's after you're on stage that they will tell you. <laughs> it's almost kind of like a um, like going on The Voice or something like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's just, you're not gonna we're not gonna give you that until it's time for us to actually tell you and judge you. <laughs> It was kind of like that. So yeah, Springfield, they're they're huge on that. If you're not good, they'll tell you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> some people, I guess you need that though. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, criticism can be tough, but when it's the way it's delivered, I think is right. the biggest thing. As long as they weren't like, you know, throwing shit at you, like yeah, while you're on you know? stage. <laughs> but it's so crazy because it's kind of it's weird. It does give you that tough skin though. Because when mm. you go other places, when they're not nice. You're like, this is nothing compared to what I had to go through. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm already used to this at this point. Try it. Try me. What literally. You, have, you know, any day. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so wild. Like, but what's been the reception now that it's been, you know, about 10 years into your musical career? Like, are you noticing you're getting a little bit more like of a fan base in Springfield? Like your artist friends that you mentioned, are they kind of like more involved in your music? Like what's basically what's your music career looking like now? You know, it kind of, COVID kind of let it take a hit. Um, mm. I had a lot of momentum going prior to COVID. So I, I had to basically figure out how to navigate that and build momentum back up. So yeah, it's been, the reception of, since the Grammy announcement has been amazing. It, mm. One thing that it's allowed me to do is receive flowers that I don't think I probably would have received if I didn't have that. So in that way, it's really, really cool. But yeah, I mean, I live here. So it's kind of, you know, people are like, we know you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's give and take. I mean, sometimes you'll get, uh, you know, people who you don't run into all the time and they do give you, you know, praise for what it is that you've done thus far. And I do have people who have done that no matter what. You know, no matter how much they know me, they, they've done it no matter what. But for the most part, yeah, it's hard. Springfield's not easy. Damn. I'm like, are you, I'm like, we're trying to represent them too, but on the same coin, like, are you trying to leave low key? Like, would you, do you see yourself going anywhere else essentially? Cause you love where you came from, I know. So, like, right. But do you see yourself like going to like LA or like a New York or somewhere else? Well, so, Visiting those places was important to me because I said, if I did leave, where would I go? You know, <laughs> yeah. I hate the winter. I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hate the winter. Uh, Same thing, girl. Um, no, no worries. <laughs> I can't stand it. Okay. I'm an island girl. I really am. So, um, you know, I going to some of those places. I really like LA. Mm -hmm. I really like California. I just feel as if it feels like home away from home. Minus mm -hmm. the small. You know, like minus that, but it really does feel like home away from home. I, I felt like I walked, I got off the plane and I said, where, I feel like I'm back in the same. It was weird. <laughs> I was like, oh, you guys kind of dress like us. And someone said in Miami that we look like we came from California one time. And I said, what's that? That was before I went to LA. 
And then when I went, I said, oh, I get it now. Yeah, mm-hmm. there is kind of some similarities there. You know what deters me? I know it's going to sound so crazy. The natural disasters in different uh, places. I'm like, I think everyone would agree with you on that. Like, I think about it. I said, why do we think people don't go to Australia? Because there's big bugs there. Like, you know, it's the same hello. reason. Like, we don't want to go to California because there's earthquakes or like, whatever. There you go. <laughs> That's what I, I'm like. Mm. I think I'd rather a snowstorm. I know how to deal with that than an earthquake. So that's kind of what deters me. But if I were to move somewhere else, I certainly would keep a property here. I think mm-hmm. I would keep a property here to always, you know, come home and stuff like that and just right. be with my people. You yeah, know? for sure. Well, you also work in Springfield. You work at Springfield College, as mm-hmm. I mentioned, or as we talked about before. So I'm wondering what that balance is like from working out of college to trying to work on your music because as even as we got on this call like you were still wrapping up work <laughs> working at home so like it can be a lot when like those worlds really clash yeah it's it's a lot it's a lot you know and right now we're going through a system implementation so it takes up I'm doing that on top of my actual day-to-day job you know mm. and I'm a director of an office too so I have a staff so it, it's a bunch <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah and now, music where you're trying to be everywhere at once you know and and there's such a huge requirement for an artist to be like here and in front of you and all the time and so you know it's hard it's hard and it's very people are like I don't know how you find the time I don't know how I find the time but there's 24 hours in a day and somehow, somewhere I fit that in. But right. it's been like this. I've been working in higher education since I started, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always been trying to find that balance. And of course, as you, I started at the bottom, like I was a cashier, you know. So of course, as you climb up, it gets harder because yeah. your time requirements change. So yeah, it, it's it's tough. I try my best to just find whatever little piece of time I'm on lunch I'm doing something I'm, right. so it's it's like that any little free time day I can get I'm there. oh my god <laughs> no I feel that like the grind I was just I saw some students earlier today at Berkeley and like we were talking about that like working the grind is just non-stop like especially mm-hmm. when you're trying to pursue music especially if you're doing it full throttle there really is no break time. there's no there's no time it's crazy. It really, really is, you know? And I'm like, oh, I understand. I, I completely get it. Because, I mean, I've been working since I was, like, 16. So, like, I never had a moment where I wasn't doing that. So mm-hmm. the concept of not doing that to do something else is like, mm, yeah. And then yeah. you're trying to figure out when is it that you you take that leap yeah just solely working on music and in order to do that you have to have some type of advance or something you have to live you know and then health insurance and this and that you know all the adult things yeah yeah it's tough it's really tough well it seems like you've been putting in a lot of work this year in particular like you've released a couple singles like before over your allure like you've had um likes up and yeah you can know like You've had yep. a couple songs come out. Like, is there a plan? Is there like an album, an EP? Like, is something coming? Yeah. So those songs are actually part of a a bigger project called Unsolicited Material. Mm-hmm. So, you know, before I signed with Big Noise, I was already in this 
I'm building up to release this music. And so, yeah, it's part of a larger project mm -hmm. that is done. Um, okay. But, you know, figuring out when to release it is the, that's the hard part. <laughs> mm, yeah. Like you said, it's, the it's, hard part. it's done, but you feel like it is ready to go, essentially. Yeah, it's ready to go. And, but the thing is, is it's weird about albums these days because they don't get consumed the same way. Mm. So, you know, singles are always, people can consume that. They're like, you got a single, I I can click on it. It's a couple of minutes. But albums really, I'm just now starting to see like a turn in the industry to where people are looking for the full body of work. And mm -hmm. I think it took a couple of major artists to kind of get it to turn around that way. I mean, you have the ones that always get people to listen to an album, the Taylor Swift's, the Beyonce's, the, you know, the Jay-Z's. The, so these people, like, they have people listen to a full body, but people aren't really putting that out anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, they're putting out either shorter projects or um, just singles. So I think what I'm waiting on is the prime time to do that to where we have enough traction that people are looking and paying attention to hearing that full body of work. Because once it's out there, you can't take it back. Mm -hmm. And so... um. You know, when we, I know there's going to be a moment where I'm going to be like, this is the time. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll just, if those moments, I feel like they just come to you. Like, yeah. It'll just like hit you for no reason or out of nowhere. You'll be like, I think today's the day, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm hoping, wishing that it comes soon because I'm really excited about the project. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Like. And I was listening to your stuff before we hopped on our call and like a lot of your earlier stuff I was really vibing with. Like I wrote down like a couple of your songs that I really wanted to ask you about. One of them was Nubian King, which has kind of been yeah. like a, let's say like a persona you've kind of adopted through like a lot yeah. of your other material. Like what was kind of the inspiration behind that song? So Nubian King was created from um, going to a lot of venues early on. So when I would go, there was, Female hip hop was not what it is now. It was, Agreed. you were usually the only girl. If there was anybody, it was all dudes all the time. So I would go into these venues and it was, it was only me mm -hmm. a lot of the times. And I would see these guys get on stage and they just be, I'm the king this, I'm the king that. Boop, boop, boop. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. And no one would ask questions because oh it's a guy he can say that you yeah. know he's talking his shit he can say that with me it was okay well if he can say that just because he's a guy you're you're allowing him to get away with calling himself a king and we all know it's basura is trash mm. you know then guess what <laughs> me too <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. that's basically what it was I was like well I'm a king too you know, so that's where it, the whole, it came from that. It came from being, I knew I was better than a lot of these guys. Mm -hmm. I knew I was. So I'm like, if you're a king, then me too. And yeah. you're not going to stop me. What are you going to stop me? You're going to get me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, props to you though. That's like, that takes some balls, like yeah. honestly. And especially like you said, being a woman in hip hop, you really have to assert yourself. Like you right. think of all of the greats, like Missy, who just like, completely went out of the box and everybody loved her for it or like Lil Kim who was just like so provocative but people still paid attention or like women yeah. really have to do the most to get noticed in the industry yeah it's it's crazy like 
what you what you have to do. I'm glad that I am seeing more female rappers because it for a long time it has been you know there could only be one or two if that you know but now it's like everyone's able to contribute in the way that they want to contribute to like the mm. whole genre so it's pretty cool but yeah it was asserting myself like that was I had some people who wanted to come for my head oh no <laughs> <laughs> I did like because guys didn't like it they didn't and and at the time people's understanding of gender binary it, that wasn't a thing People right. didn't, there was a lot of ignorance surrounding that, you know? Mm -hmm. So me saying this, they could not grasp it. They mm -hmm. couldn't, they didn't get it. They were like, that doesn't make any sense. Cause you're a girl. And, but they, that's, they were stuck on that. There were some people who got it right away and it would be shocking to you. Some of the people, because you would think, oh, well, you know, I don't mean to be ages, but they're older. So they come from like old school. So they would, and that, they weren't the ones. Right. It was the people age <laughs> so Damn. i was like i can't believe you can't grasp this concept so i had a lot of i got a lot of like backlash for that and guys that were like okay since you want to do that they there there were some that wanted to like you know have a little beef yeah interesting but you're not for <laughs> that i can tell you're like no beef no i don't have time for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> as per our conversation like a few seconds ago like no yeah I literally don't have time. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm curious to get your thoughts then because we're kind of on this thread. Like, what do you think about the state of women in hip hop now? Because like you have so many of them that mm -hmm. were, I feel like are occupying like very unique spaces, but mm -hmm. we always still kind of pit women against each other. Like, what are your yeah. thoughts about like, you know, the rappers we have now? Like, you know, we have Doja, we have Cardi, we have Megan. Like, you know, there's so many names and even like the younger generation, like Coyle Ray and like, all these mm -hmm. and ice spice like what do you like how do you feel about all of this because it's a lot to take in um it is it's it's interesting i mean because every single one of those women that you just mentioned they're different in their own light but what's interesting about the industry is that they keep seeming wanting us to want a certain something mm. and that certain something is what is being spotlighted Mm -hmm. all the time so the songs start to sound the same the lyrics start to sound the same I mean even Cardi at one point when she I think it was like right after she released uh be careful with me mm -hmm. right after she released that she's like listen I'm not doing any of those songs anymore because you guys are not consuming it so I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do the songs that you want to turn up at the club to everything because that's what it is that y'all want I'm going with the demand. And so it seems as if like that demand kind of has taken precedent. Mm. I'm just seeing it come out. Like Doja's new album was, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some, I'm starting to see us kind of turn out of that yeah. and get back to having a broader palette. But for a, a while, it was really, really narrow. And I'm not going to lie for it. It made me wonder where I fit. Yeah, because my music isn't that. And I was like, oh, you know, it doesn't seem as if anyone wants to listen to this mm -hmm. anymore. You know, they want this and I'm not that and I'm not going to ever do it. Yeah. <laughs> Just so not me, you know, um, and I don't want to be disingenuous to like myself and my craft. 
So there was a while where I was like, okay, you know, I'm still creating, but when it, where do I fit? And yeah. that's one of the weird things about the industry is wanting to be a disruptor, wanting to be unique, but at the same time, you still have blockers if everyone's consuming a certain something. So yeah. it's, it's interesting. Used to be to where you would want the different somethings, like the yeah. Elliot's and the, you know, but it hasn't been that. And it hasn't been that for a while. I am starting to see a small turn though. So I'm hoping it just like keeps doing that. <laughs> well then, so how do you feel like your sound fits then? Cause you kind of have emigrated to this rhythmic R and B mm -hmm. pop rap, you know, like, and that is a sound I feel like a lot of people do consume, but do right. you feel like it is being received? Um, It's being received a lot better than it, it did in the past. I think yeah. people didn't understand what it was for a long time. Um, So I was kind of out there by myself, you know, like waving by like torch, like, hey, yeah. you know, thing out here. And, um, you know, now I am starting to see that. I feel like as far as where I fit in, I just love so many different types of music mm -hmm. that I want to be like everywhere, you know, it just it, it's and I'm getting there. A lot of the songs that I've put out recently, they have been, you know, more R&B driven, but you know, you've got some poppy songs. Like I have LGBTQ, which is a poppy song. And yeah. then I have Body on Revenge, which is kind of like mixing an alternative feel, like a rock feel mm. into hip hop. So, um, you know, just taking those elements and, and blending them in and wanting to, I'm like, hey, would you like me to be on your record? Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I do feel like I see a, a lane now. It's just, it needs to clear a little bit so that yeah. I can make my way through. But I feel like you do all the right steps by dipping your toes in all those genres because it makes you versatile as an artist. And then that opens you up to work with more people. Is right. that something you have noticed before? I have. And it's because I've been a fan right. of all of these genres for so long. Like, you know, so to me, it's my pleasure. Like, let me be a part of that, please, <laughs> because I love it, you know, and it's it's funny because I'm so hip hop. I was so hip hop for like, especially the first album mm -hmm. that I don't think that I got to express all of the other parts of like or genres of music that I enjoy and that mm -hmm. I listen to on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, my playlist is so eclectic, like <laughs> You'll go from like a crazy rock song to like bachata or to then like, like, let's reach out to hip hop. I've always been like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it just makes sense. It yeah. just makes sense at this point. Yeah. And I noticed that listening to some of your songs, like LGBTQ is a good example. Like that kind of reminded me of like an Azalea Banks track from back in the day. Like that kind of yeah. like house EDM with like your verse on it. And yeah. then, like you said, like another song too, I wrote down like Couture, like that's a little bit more like poppy fun. Like you've really stuck your hand in a lot of different pots, which I think is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I don't write music unless I can feel it. I'm not one of the types of artists that are just, yeah, just give me that beat and I'll write something like I had to really feel it. And yeah. so with all of those, you know, like LGBTQ, I actually built that beat with um a producer here jay dilly i built that beat from scratch 
I, and, and it was crazy because, you, you know, you have 212 with uh, Azalea Banks and everything, but it's crazy because now that sounds like it's in the Renaissance album and yeah. Beyonce and things like that. So it was before that, but I just remember going to different like ballroom scenes and hearing that crash, like, and I'm just like, oh my God, I want that. I need that because it just feels so like I'd have to have that in a song, you know? Yeah. And um, I've done a lot of pride festivals over the years. And so it's just, it felt like home. And so I was like, I have to create something like that. So I built some of these things from scratch. And it's because that's where my brain goes for that particular moment in time. And I'm like, I've got to capture that. Because if I don't, something's going to feel like I, I didn't, I didn't pursue what it was that I was supposed to like reach to my like full potential. You know, and so I have to capture it so I can say, okay, whew, I can put you down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can go and capture something else. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, the, like those going into those different pockets, it's literally me being in a space at different points and times. And then that those beats like speaking to me or creating them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's coming up next for you? We talked a little bit about unsolicited, unsolicited advice, right? That's the name of the EP unsolicited material material sorry yeah so we talked yep. a little bit about that coming out but with that do you have any like shows that you want to have coming up so yeah so actually you'll be the first that i actually talk about this in some capacity too i am going to be um releasing a new show on patreon called the bedroom chronicles and it's been something that i've been wanting to do for so long mm-hmm. but i feel as if it's taken a bit to get here because like we talked about before with the years that it took to you know during those open mics to kind of work my way up to like bigger stages or releasing music i feel like i needed different aspects of like the industry as well as my craft in order to finally be able to put this together. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. Like it's a space where I'll be, you know, releasing some music, talking about the music industry, kind of like chatting it up with my fans, the Nubian team, shout out to the Nubian team. <laughs> and, um, you know, doing covers and things like that. One of the things that has happened over the course of my career is more singing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from the first album on to the last single, there's just more and more and more gradual, gradual, gradual singing. And yeah. it's on purpose. It's on purpose. I haven't always been comfortable with my voice, singing voice. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's taken some time to get there. And I feel like I'm finally there. I'm still growing and everything. So this is also a chance for me to have like an outlet to showcase that and to grow with people, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, the Bedroom Chronicles is the very next thing that is coming up. So yeah, that's so exciting. Well, I hope it works out. I'm sure people will tune in. Like that's awesome. It gives people a nice virtual platform to really connect with you. Right, right. And you know, I mean, I've got like some really cool things that I feel like is going to help to connect with people like in a more personal way, even though it is you know, virtually that we're doing this, but, yeah. um, you know, so I am, it's really, really exciting. And the fact that the, like the Grammy consideration was just like icing on the cake, like yeah. this is already underway. So, um, yeah, it's just really, really exciting time. Yeah, for sure. Well, Tasia, thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk to me on the podcast. I've had a blast 
talking to you in both capacities. This has been great. Before we wrap up, why don't you let people know where they can find you and keep up with all your music? Y'all can find me. Let me get started. <laughs> at Tia Tomps. A-I-J-A space. And as an auntie, E-W. Taja New, like brand new. Taja New. On all social media platforms. At Taja New. I don't, there's no official Taja New. No, nothing. You Google me and follow <laughs> me on all the platforms. And I'll go ahead and follow you back on every single platform that you follow me on. But I do follow back. But yeah. Anything, anything that you have, trust me, I have it. Even if I'm not like, I don't know how to work it. I have uh, keep feeling, I don't really know how to work Twitter still. That's bad. It's been years. That's I mean, You're one of the first. I mean, not everyone uses it now. So, I mean. Yeah, there's the, that, right? The gram is good. We got you on the gram. We got you on TikTok. I think those are the ones you really need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. Thank you, David. I appreciate you for having me. And now it's time to take a look at what popped this week in news. Two people died over the course of Taylor Swift's three-day Rio de Janeiro leg of her International Eras Tour. One fan was stabbed to death on a Copacabana beach Monday, while the other reportedly died from heat exhaustion as temperatures soared to 105 degrees Fahrenheit, the AP reported. Swift postponed her Saturday concert to Monday because of the heat. Actress Melissa Barrera has been dropped from Scream 7 after posting a series of social media posts amid the Israel-Hamas war. The Mexican actress has made dozens of posts about the war since the Hamas attack on Israel on October 7th. One Instagram story had the caption, Gaza is currently being treated like a concentration camp. A spokesperson for Spyglass, the company behind the Scream franchise, sent a statement to The Hollywood Reporter saying that they have, quote, zero tolerance for anti-Semitism or the incitement of hate in any form. And the Rolling Stones are going back on the road with a brand new tour performing in 16 cities across the U.S. and Canada. Fans will hear the band's hits from Start Me Up, Gimme Shelter, Jumpin' Jack Flash, and Satisfaction, as well as music from their latest album, Hankey Diamonds. The pre-sale starts Wednesday, November 29th at noon local time and lasts until Thursday, November 30th at 10 p.m. local time. That's going to do it for this episode. Feel free to tune in next time when we rotate through a whole new slew of topics with all new guests. In the meantime, keep it real, y'all.